Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is holiday special. Would you eat a floating cake? Hey there listeners, I'm Jem and I certainly would eat a floating cake. I'm Ria and I absolutely would not eat a floating cake. <laughs> uh, yes, I am so glad we're discussing this. I I'm so <laughs> smad might be the word. <laughs> let's let's start with some backstory. <laughs> so listeners, we were tossing around ideas for what our holiday special should be. And <laughs> Jem has insisted on this topic, <laughs> and I have insisted that the only way I will do this topic is if we have the argument about why we should do it in episode, because I think this is not enough of a question to base a whole episode around. I think we're going to have like 20 minutes of dead air at the end. I think that this is the most important question we've ever asked on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not just about the cake, it's about who we are. It's about our morality. <laughs> it really gives you an overview of the kind of person that your hosts are, listeners. I think it's it's undeniable that if you know whether someone would eat a floating cake or not, you know everything about that person's core. Oh, for God's sake, Jim. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this, this might be our most ridiculous episode. Okay. All right. Let's... It's too late. We're doing it now. Let's let's do it. <laughs> so, for any listeners who don't specifically know what we're arguing about, in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Harry, Ron, and Hermione have a plan to use Polyjuice Potion to turn into Crab Goyle and Millicent Bulstrode and sneak into the, uh, the Slytherin common room. On Christmas. And overhear Draco Malfoy announce that he is the heir of Slytherin on Christmas, which is why it's on topic for our holiday special. Yep. There's two different ways that this goes. There's the scene in the book, which I'm assuming we'll come to, and there's the scene in the movie, which is what we're focusing on first. Yep. I found in my research for this episode, I like just typed in a vague description of the scene into YouTube and I got the worst thing I've ever seen. It was like (laughs) somebody watching Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on their television at home and they're watching some sort of insane bootleg copy that had like two separate editions of the subtitles going at the same time. So they went over the top of each other and it was impossible to read. (laughs) And instead of like... Like a, a screen capture or something. It was like somebody was watching it on their TV and then filming it with a handheld camera and you could hear them breathing. <laughs> it was perfect. It's exactly exactly how the Harry Potter movies are meant to be viewed and I will be linking it in the description. I love that. Yeah. That's great. But in the scene, <laughs> Harry and Ron have to capture Crab and Goyle 
knock them out, make sure they're unconscious and out of the way, and steal some of their hairs as the final ingredient for the Polyjuice Potion. So they decide to wait outside of the Great Hall Mm -hmm. after the Christmas feast. They have two cakes that have been dosed with some kind of sleeping Mm -hmm. potion. And when Crab and Goyle come out of the Great Hall, they, like, float the cakes right in front of their faces. So Crab and Goyle come out with fucking arms full of pies and cakes. See these floating cakes directly in front of their faces. They're like, oh, yeah, cool. (laughs) Put away the pies that they were currently eating. (laughs) Grab the cakes out of the sky. Look at each other. Smile. (laughs) Stuff the cakes in their mouths. Keep eating. And then just pass out on the floor. And Harry and Ron are like, yes, we did it. Well done. And we're, that's what we're talking about today. I just want to point out one important detail. So you said that when yep. Crab and Girl come around the corner, Harry and Ron then levitate the cakes. It's an important detail to me that yes, yes. by the time Crab and Goyle have rounded the corner, the cakes are already levitated to the exact mouth height level yep. of the victims. So that yes, you're right. Crab and Goyle are like mouth to mouth with these floating cakes. It's just a very important distinction for me. <laughs> yes. The trap is already okay. in place before Crab and Goyle leave the Great Hall. Which to me implies yeah. that Crab and Goyle were the last two people in there. Because Harry and Ron mm-hmm. can't see them coming out of the hall. They just they just put the trap in place Here's someone coming. knowing that they're going to walk yeah. into it. So Yeah. Would I eat a floating cake? My brain says no, but my stomach says yes. So, I thought I'd make a pro and cons list. And here's how it goes. I'll post a picture in the Instagram. Con, could be dirty. Pro, delicious cake. Con, clearly a trap. Pro, I get to swallow the cake without touching it. So, this fulfills a specific fantasy of being able to walk up to a floating food and without my hands, without even flinching, I just get to open my mouth and go, and eat it straight out of the mouth, straight out of the air. Like in, like that episode in The Simpsons where home is floating in like zero gravity in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. 2001 parody. And he's eating all the chips. That's yeah. the fantasy. Like the Australian children's birthday party game. I don't know if it's actually Australian, but we certainly played it. Where mm. you go out to like a hills hoist washing machine washing machine washing line yeah is hills hoist what i mean yeah mm. like a spinning washing line thing that we have in australia mm-hmm. and you hang donuts from it on a fishing line at exactly the right height for a child's mouth and all the children stand around these donuts that have been dangled in front of them and try to eat the entire thing off the line without it falling to the ground and the first one to get it wins i don't know what you win like pride yeah you have your hands tied behind your back so yeah, you can't, like, eat it with your hands. You have to eat it with your mouth, and once it's completely eaten, then you win. Like fish eating worms off a hook, but it's yes. children eating donuts with <laughs> the washing line. Yeah, truly the Australian experience. <laughs> I don't know if it's exclusively Australian, but it's pretty, it's pretty fun. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Play this game with your children. Back to my pros and cons list. Con. I couldn't find any more cons. Pro. The risk makes it tastier. Danger turns you on. <laughs> <laughs> Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. <laughs> For God's sake, Jim. Okay. Do you have more pros? <laughs> is this the end of the list? This is the end of the pros and cons. But, like, it's so perfect. Floating at mouth level is a delicious little cake. Maybe it's like an extra little little thank you from the Lord Santa. <laughs> His gift to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. No, here's... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Enough out of you. Here's the problem with your list. While you technically oh, have more man. pros than cons, all of your pros are basically, I want to eat this cake. <laughs> Whereas one of your cons stands out very, very clearly. This is obviously a trap. <laughs> this is true. Do you know what I love to do on Christmas night? Like, after big Christmas dinner? Not fucking eat anything else. I'm done. I'm done for eating by the time we get to midday on Christmas. And then after midday, there's Christmas dinner. And by the time we get to the end of Christmas dinner, I never want to eat another mouthful of anything ever again. (laughs) If I saw a floating cake, I would be like, I see your trap and it's not baited well because what I want right now is a sleep, not not a feed. We have to take into consideration the wider context. When I encounter this floating cake... I've already had a scrumptious Christmas feast. I typically am only in the mood for cake when I have a craving. Because, you see, cake is kind of basic. All cakes, that are sponge cakes, taste the same. And the portion sizes are always too big for you to feel... And so you feel, like, bloated afterwards. Mm -hmm. And there's one flavour that cake is, and it's sugar. Cake's not good. I only want cake when I'm, like, third day of my period, and I haven't eaten anything in a long time, Mm -hmm. and I'm just, like, really craving a slice of, like, that... Woolworth's cheap, Mm. shitty mud cake. Would I eat the cake after a scrumptious Christmas meal? No. Even if it was floating at mouth level, even if it seemed like a miracle? No. But would I eat something else? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Especially because my, my brain's telling me, upon seeing this floating cake, this is a trap. And my brain tells me that because a cake is easily contaminated. Because to make a cake, you have to put certain ingredients in it, so it's full of different things. It's full of egg, it's full of flour, it's full of sugar. It's it's disconcerting for me to imagine all the things that a cake is full of that poison could be included in. So something like a cake is threatening, where if I saw a floating piece of fruit, I wouldn't be threatened by that in the slightest. I'd be like, this is good, and I would just eat that fruit. So you are threatened. Okay, the the absolute lunacy of your argument is just, I just need a second. The idea of some kind of food which is prepared from ingredients is too threatening, but the raw ingredients themselves, they couldn't possibly be contaminated, is your logic. If you were to contaminate, say, an apple, you'd probably see it from the outside. You'd see a blemish where, like, a needle had injected a poison. You'd see, like, a a sheen or a coat to it that looks like it's been poisoned. This is my logic. But with a cake, you wouldn't be able to see it. It's undetectable contamination because it's inside the cake. Whereas if I've got something like a fruit or a potato chip... Okay, a piece of fruit. Or, I don't know, a a Nature Valley bar. I don't think I could (laughs) see that it's poisoned. Not like a flashback, but it was like, like somebody reached down down my family tree from like from like the the from the distant distant past this force reached down through my family tree grabbed me pulled me all the way back all the way back to the very very beginning and threw me into the body of eve standing underneath the tree and you were like eat this fucking apple <laughs> it couldn't possibly be contaminated <laughs> you're the snake snake Look, I mean, that's just a fictional story, okay? <laughs> it's like Snow White. The apples apples aren't here to hurt you. Apples are the fruit of Aphrodite. Mm. And she's the goddess of love, not poison. Sweet mother, I cannot weave. So, that being said about my proclivity to be more likely to eat a solid food like a fruit or a potato chip or... 
I don't know, some other kind of solid food. I can't think of any. That being said, fruit. Oh, although I would turn down the cake. <laughs> the two solid foods with no ingredients. Vegetables, yeah, vegetables. Potato <laughs> like an eggplant or a juicy aubergine. Oh, the dick vegetables, yep. Gem, please, for the love of God, will you go grocery shopping? <laughs> Look, I had vegetables written down here. I just forgot to say them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm more likely to eat a solid food, like a fruit or vegetable. But that being said, just because I'm going to turn down the cake because I'm not a cake bitch doesn't mean I wouldn't turn down a pie because I love pie. Pie's love great. Pie. Pie's got crust. Pie's got sweet filling. And like, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. That means they got blackberry pies. They got blueberry pies. They got all kinds of fruit that we don't have down here in the Southern Hemisphere for our pies. We just have apple. Pumpkin pie. Oh, pumpkin pie. And meat. Oh, yeah. Mm. See, if it was a meat pie, I'd turn it down. Because after I've had a big feast, I tend, like a big meal, like a big dinner, I tend to crave something small and sweet. Like a, like a plum. You're looking for a dessert. Yeah, I'm looking for a dessert. I'm on the hunt. So, uh, <laughs> something savory like a meat pie. Even if it was um, bacon and mushroom and cheese pie, that would be lovely. No, i turn it down. But, you know, apricot pie. Mm. How often do you get to try an apricot pie? Okay. Especially one that's floating tantalizingly stop. right next to your lips. <laughs> I wish you'd stop listing pies. <laughs> God, I'm so hungry. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? Hungry enough to eat a pie out of thin air? I'm, uh, I'm hungry enough it. that I'm Just craving the pie. the pie that's in my fridge that, that I was going to eat for lunch. But... See, you were just like, I wouldn't eat a cake because a cake's full of ingredients that can be tampered with. It's not pure, like a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know a pie's also full of ingredients, but the fact remains a pie's tastier than cake. Cake is just, shit. You just prefer... <laughs> so... Okay, but what if... <laughs> yeah. Look, in the scenario in the movie, Crab and Gore walk out of the hall, presumably having stuffed themselves at the feast, they've got literal armfuls of desserts. It's pies, and there's a cake. But, I don't know, maybe in your scenario you've got arms full of cake and you see a pie, and it's better. I, I would be worried about the pie crumbling apart, though, because a cake is solid because it's made of shit, and it's just it stays upright. But a floating pie... The fillings might slip out and go to the ground. I don't want that. I want the I want the fillings in my mouth. The pie could crumble if it's levitating. So maybe I don't want the pie. Maybe I want something more solid. Maybe I want like a baklava or something. Those are those are great. Like you know, just a nice little sweet treat at the end of a meal. Can you hear me? Yes, I just. <laughs> So you went really quiet, and I thought maybe you'd, like, lost the audio, but I guess you were just wrapped into my, like, description of baklava. I'm um. just... I've, I've moved my desk so instead of staring straight ahead at a blank wall, I can now stare out the window, and I'm just staring into the sky with my mouth hanging open, being like, my sister's a fucking moron. <laughs> She's just describing the various things she would like to eat. You've put no thought into the fact that this isn't just... You're not just at a pie shop <laughs> searching for things to buy. <laughs> you're not perusing recipes. You are walking into a trap that is clearly a trap designed for you because it's whatever pie cake nonsense you want Buckle hovering up. in a mouth-sized chunk right in front of your mouth. And you're like, I know this is a trap. I know something bad is about to happen to me. 
but the bait in this trap is so good that it's worth it. What's the worst that could happen <laughs> if I eat this baklava? You could die. It could be poisoned. Okay, but I also have the security in this context of being at Hogwarts. And Madame Pomfrey, that bitch... She can cure anyone. <laughs> the most secure place in the world. She can cure anyone. Like, you know, so what if I sprout up in boils after eating that tasty, succulent, melt-in-your-mouth baklava glazed with honey and walnuts? So what if I eat that wonderful, scrumptious dish and then I break out in boils? I just go to the hospital wing. And she'd be like, why did you do that? And I'd be like, I'm sorry, Madame Pomfrey. It was for science. I had to do it. <laughs> For the greater good. YOLO! (laughs) It's an unbeatable argument. I'm sorry, but... I just... You're so clearly (laughs) wrong that I have nothing to say. Because my entire argument is what you are saying is lunacy. And you're like, yeah, but I'm right. (laughs) No. You're just mad. Well, okay. So maybe let's go back to my theory about how things that have been made from ingredients are more dangerous because they could have poison in them. <laughs> but solid foods, like like a, a single cresket, that's harmless. Okay, you know? I need you to explain what you mean by solid foods because I thought you meant as opposed to like a liquid or a gas. But <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What is a solid food? <laughs> a solid food is something that hasn't been cooked. Edible. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Like a crusket. Isn't a crusket like a like a cracker? It's it's a it's a light um diet cracker that is like, I don't know, like ten centimeters long. Um, <laughs> it's like a big wheat bix, but with not made of wheat. Crackers don't grow on <laughs> Crackers don't grow on trees, Jim. They're made. They have ingredients. They're baked. No, wait, okay, hold on. No <laughs> I know this logically, but how do you bake a okay. cracker? Because <laughs> like, you can bake a biscuit, yeah. Like a cookie, but with a different recipe. Oh, okay, alright, never mind then. Not the crusket. Things are like solid ingredients, okay. like apples, plums, bananas, eggplants. chips. That was the other thing you said before. <laughs> Another thing that has ingredients. Potato chips. You can't poison a potato chip because you purchase... Okay, so do you mean like raw foods? Yeah, you purchase a potato chip and it's done. You don't need to do anything to it. You know what I mean? It's just ready to go. Straight from packet to mouth you in seconds. You can make potato chips. You can make them at home. Yeah, I know this, but I can tell homemade potato chips. So if I saw a homemade potato chip, I'd be like, okay, this could be poisoned. But if it was just a Smith's chip or a Grain Waves chip, which I prefer, or lentil chips, actually, which are the best chips... Then I would just eat that because <laughs> no one can inject it with poison, can bake poison into it. If it were to be like dipped in poison, I would notice a sheen or something of like green acidic poison dripping around it. Are you yeah. are you talking about a single potato chip hovering in air yes. or a bag of potato chips that's sealed? A single potato chip. Okay. <laughs> You're mad. Have you never dropped a chip on the ground and then decided right then and there what kind of person you're going to be? <laughs> yes. Look, <laughs> maybe. Don't call me out. You've dropped it. So so tell me, 
You can't tell me that you haven't dropped a chip on the ground and then picked up the chip and eaten it. I have. I'll admit to that. Have you done that before? I'll, I won't cite a specific reference, but... <laughs> the contaminants, yeah. Rhea! The contaminants! Oh no, you could have been ingesting poison from the ground. But see, here's the thing. While I don't normally eat my food off the ground, I do not assume that if I like knelt down right now and licked the ground under my feet, I would like die or get food poisoning or whatever. Whereas if I'm eating like loose food that I find just out in the wild, it could be, I don't know, full of whatever. It could be coated in laxatives. You don't fucking know. It could be full of a sleeping potion. Loose food. I love it. That's what I took from that. <laughs> Better than your solid food. <laughs> I'm angry that I decided to let you do this episode. I just think that, you know, if I encounter the food, the, the floating lentil chip, let's say, and I'm like, all right, my brain's telling me this is clearly a trap. It's at lip level. I'm staring down the barrel of a lentil chip right now. Someone has planted this specifically <laughs> for Jem. But why would the, anyone want to kill me? If I knew someone was trying to kill me, then I wouldn't eat the chip. But if I'm like, no one's trying to kill me, maybe trying to maim or seriously injure, I'm sure it wouldn't be that bad if I just took a nibble from the lentil chip. <laughs> because Madame Pomfrey is right there. <laughs> <laughs> She's just seven floors away. No, I don't know about the geography of the, ca- the, the castle like, in the books or the movies, but in the Hogwarts mystery game, <laughs> the, the hospital wing is like two metres from the Great Hall. <laughs> so... Okay, in the books it's on the seventh floor. It's the same story as the Gryffindor common room. Look, it's a trek, but, um, you know, she's still in the castle. All right, okay. Let me, let me try and break through your fog of denial. Food. You like food... You're hungry. <laughs> you want to eat shit. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Let me paint you a new scenario. You are at a club. You're with your friends. You're having a good time. It's going to get depressing. You walk over to the bar. You see an untended drink. It has no one's no one's around. No one's drinking from it. It's just a loose drink that you found. <laughs> oh God. Do you drink it? Of course not. Okay. You're walking out of the Great Hall. It's after Christmas. <laughs> at lip height. <laughs> You see a drink floating. <laughs> Do you drink it? No, of course not. Because a drink is easily poisoned because it's made up okay. of ingredients. Because a drink isn't safe. <laughs> it's not solid food, Rhea. It's liquid food. <laughs> I just don't know how to help you, Jim. I don't know what you want. At Hogwarts, the food is prepared by the house elves, right? Yeah. So they aren't going to hurt me. But they might poison your drink. No, no, they wouldn't poison the drink. I'm just, I'm trying to, okay. So with the bar scenario, obviously no, I would never drink a drink from a bar that I didn't, <laughs> didn't know what it was. And when people at bars are like, can I get you a drink? I'm like, I would prefer food rather than you getting me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> because... Hey, gorgeous, not... can I buy you a drink? Get me some fucking chicken nuggets. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. I'm not shitting you. I have actually said to people, I'd prefer a little bowl of fries instead of a drink. It's cheaper. And it's less like, I'm not, I don't say to them this, but it's less likely that you can poison me with a bowl of fries <laughs> than with a drink or get me drunk enough to take me somewhere or whatever 
with a bowl of fries. Yeah. Do you understand my meaning? I understand exactly what you're Try saying. Try that one, ladies. It's a good little <laughs> trick. And that's just... I'm trying to balance, like, my insane little sister who's spouting nonsense about eating cakes at eye level. <laughs> mouth level. Mouth level. Floating mouth level cakes. Oh, God. <laughs> With this vision that I suddenly have of you leaning against a bar, some guy trying to hit on you, and you're like, <laughs> buy me some fries. <laughs> Which is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. The confidence. It's, it's the truth. Who is she? <laughs> Obviously, this is before I was locked down with uh, Yosh, but, <laughs> you know, it was it, it was a good strategy. It never worked. They were always like, <laughs> but ladies, then you know what he's really about. <laughs> because if you say, I'd rather have some fries, which are cheaper on the menu than the drinks. And if he's like, yeah, he gets you some fries, then you know he's actually maybe got some good intentions and actually wants to just get to know you. But if he's like, Ugh, then you know he just wants to get you drunk or a hypnotical or something. So, okay, good little tip. Remind me later. Like this is a this is a message both to Jem, to future Ria, and to our listeners. Remind me to ask Josh if he had met you in a club and you'd asked him to buy you some fries if he would have done it. Because I'm just curious. It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how he shapes up. So back to my would I drink a drink that I found floating at lip level? No, no. Even if it was an oak, I wouldn't drink it. An oak is a kind of milk. Flavoured milk for our listeners. <laughs> Kill hungry, thirsty dead. Because when you finish a big meal, sometimes you're hungry, thirsty. You shouldn't be. If you finish a big meal, you should be satiated. Not hungry and thirsty. I think I took, you know that book, The Big Hungry Caterpillar? Yeah. I think I took that too seriously. <laughs> you know where he just eats and eats and eats until he becomes beautiful? I'm like, me too. <laughs> Life goals. <laughs> I especially liked that in the illustrations, he was always in like a white void. So it gave me the idea that he was just eating food at mouth level. Eating it like, you know, like my fantasy of just being able to eat. Okay. I want to, I want to take this out of, out of your mad fantasy world. I want to take this out of Hogwarts, out of the floating cake outside the Great Hall. Into scenarios in your life in which you find a cake Mm -hmm. and decide to eat it. So, at school, (laughs) if you're at school and you're just walking out of a room and you see a cake, like, sitting just somewhere, (laughs) not on the ground, on top of, like, a bench or a windowsill or something like that, something that's at about chest level, do you eat the cake? No. Because it's rude. Because the cake's not meant for me. (laughs) See, in this scenario, (laughs) in the Hogwarts scenario, I know the cake is meant for me. Who else could it be for? It's at my lip level. It's the exact thing I want to eat right now. It's like a destiny cake. This cake that I just encounter in the school hallway, it's not for me. I don't want to, like, eat someone else's cake. That could be their destiny cake. So the floating at your lip level is is essential to you wanting to eat the cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, what if you found one in your house? Okay, well, that depends on... That depends on my craving for cake. <laughs> if it was a baklava, I'd eat it straight away. Okay. But if it was a cake, I'd have to have the craving. All right. Because I'm in my house. I live in my house with my best friend and my partner. So even if it wasn't intended for me, which a baklava would be intended for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it wasn't, I would get them more cake. I'd be like, sorry, my mistake. I was hungry. I'll get you another one right now. <laughs> I have a cake craving. <laughs> it overtook me. <laughs> consumes you okay what if you're at work 
No. 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 Walking down the street randomly? No, it's not my cake. Okay. So in the real world, in real life scenarios, <laughs> there are fewer situations in which you would eat a random cake that you found. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very reassuring to me. <laughs> Good. I feel much calmer now, much more centered. Then again, if the cake was floating at lip level, I can't deny that opportunity. That's never gonna come again, Ria. It's meant for me. <laughs> okay. I want to now go to the books. Because in the movies, the cakes are floating. In the books, yeah. I'll do a reading, shall I? Mm-hmm. Harry had perched the chocolate cakes on the edge of the banisters. This is in the entrance hall. Mm-hmm. I'll skip ahead. How thick can you get? Ron whispered ecstatically as Crab gleefully pointed out the cakes to Goyle and grabbed them. Grinning stupidly, they stuffed the cakes whole into their large mouths. For a moment, both of them chewed greedily, looks of triumph on their faces. Then, without the smallest change of expression, they both keeled over backwards onto the floor. So in this scenario, the two cakes are just sitting there on the edge of the banister, where Harry and Ron presume that Crab and Goyle are going to walk past and see them, and they decide mm-hmm. to pick up the cakes and eat them. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, okay. Because of several reasons. One, they never mentioned that the cake was sitting on a plate on the banister. It's just touching bare banister. Do you know how germy stair banisters get? Because people put their dirty-ass, unwiped hands on them all day. They're disgusting. Um, they're like keyboards and toilet bowls. I was thinking more like cupcakes. Yeah, it's still gross. I don't, I... Like cupcakes that are in like the little... Um, like, like the little ramekin things. The paper thing? Yeah, sh- yeah. Paper shell? Yeah, no, still gross. Yeah. Ew. I wouldn't do that. Okay. And two, the cake's not for me. Like, it's not at lip level, so I don't know it's my cake. It could be anyone's cake. It could be, like, Filch's mm-hmm. cake. It could be the elves that are cleaning the castle. Like, they put little cakes out for, like, you know, their friends. I don't know. I don't want to eat someone else's cake. That's their cake. New scenario. You're walking across the entrance hall. Yeah. At the banister, there is a plate okay. with a cake on it and a little card that says, For Gem. <laughs> no other information. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm more suspicious. <laughs> I'm more suspicious of this being a trap than I am of like the floating cake scenario because the little note that says four gem just gives me like flashbacks to eat me from like Alice in Wonderland I know I'm gonna shrink or something when I eat this cake eat me drink yeah that that's exactly right the fact that the floating cake you could have shrunk when you ate the floating cake no he could have shrunk down to the size of an ant and been lost forever I could have but there was no note that made me think that instantly <laughs> That's not a suspicious thought that comes into my mind when I see a floating cake. No note, lip level, meant for me. Because Car it's a bar, not a cake. <laughs> yeah. No further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Is that, have you gone through all of your arguments now? Oh, I went through all my arguments like 30 minutes ago. That was like, I, I think you've just been presenting me with scenarios and you've been arguing with my clear logic that solid foods are good, cakes are suspicious, baklava is the best. Pie is debatable because of the okay. the capacity for it to fall apart in midair. But overall, okay, this isn't logic. This is your opinions on various foods. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even an argument. Apples taste good. I don't like oranges. <laughs> this as is much. logic for whether or not mm, the food's poisonous. Yeah, I wouldn't eat an orange. Pears are good. It tastes like honey. Fruits are hard because I can't eat them in one bite, especially things like stone fruits. Because then I've got a stone in my stomach and it hurts. Mm-hmm. So 
What about strawberries? Strawberries, yeah, no, but I Wait, hang to... on, sorry, did you just imply that you would swallow the stone whole? But no, I'm saying that's the obstacle to me eating the fruit out of thin air because then I would have to do that. <laughs> because the point, Ria, is that I eat it like <gasps> one gulp, no hands. <laughs> that's the fantasy. <laughs> oh my god. So a strawberry is hard because I'd have to pluck it and I'd have to take the green bit off and then I can eat it. Because I'm not going to eat the, the leaves. That's kind of gross. They taste bitter. But a grape. A grape is perfect. A seedless olive. Okay. Perfect. I've I've developed a headache since we've started recording. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I've, this episode is causing me physical pain. Good. Just got a tummy ache because of all the hunger from thinking about baklava and pie and grapes and plums and mangoes and oh, all the wonderful things I could possibly eat. Except for the things that... Like mangoes and plums because they're stone fruit and mangoes requires peeling. I what would you eat out of the? Uh... That's what I was thinking about going into this episode. Is there anything that would tempt you? <sighs> okay, food that is in hovering, floating in thin air at my mouth height. To me, I can't get over the fact that it's a trap. It's it's just a trap, and I yeah I can't walk willingly into a trap knowing that it's a trap unless like the bait is like you know. My dumb sister's life is in danger. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the bait has to be better than, like, a nice piece of cake. Or a delicious mango. Mm. But this episode did make me think of one situation that I've been in before. Yes. Yes. Story time. So, a couple of years ago, I was on the train. And I was in a carriage by myself. And yep. on the ground... <laughs> There was a sorry. There was a family-sized block of Cadbury's chocolate, like you know the big ones that are like five hundred grams. Yes, and it was on the floor of the train carriage. And every time the train like slowed down or sped up as it was like stopping, it would like slide across the floor. So it was constantly like in my field of vision, tantalizing. And I'm sitting there the whole time, like there's just there's just this loose chocolate. <laughs> And it's in a sealed packet, and there's no one here, and if I took it, no one would ever, ever know. (laughs) And I sat there the entire train journey being like, do I take this chocolate? Do I eat it? (laughs) And what I ended up doing was I took the chocolate, but I threw it in a bin without eating it. Wasteful. Because I'm like... Did you know that, Rhea, over a third of global food is wasted every year? Okay. Did you also know that I was afraid that it was poison? (laughs) I was afraid that the floor chocolate on the train was not good for me to eat. (laughs) That it was somehow bad and tainted. So I picked it up and I threw it away. But when you started talking about this nonsense about how it's floating at eye level, and I'm like... I feel like a big part of the reason why I didn't take the chocolate was because it was on the floor mm-hmm. and the floor of trains is filthy. It's gross. Yeah. And even though it was in a sealed packet, my brain's like, floor food, bad, don't mm. eat. Yeah. If I had gotten onto the train and found <laughs> the chocolate, like, sitting on an empty chair, maybe I would have taken it. <laughs> maybe I would have eaten it. <laughs> maybe. So, the higher it is from the floor... <laughs> The safer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. See, I'm right. It's 
got to be lip level. Then you know you got nothing to fear. But it is also the fact that it was in a sealed. Why are you packet. booing me? I'm right. <laughs> the sealed packet for me was a big part of it. If I Oi, did... Cadbury have peel and reseal, they do. They do. <laughs> if I. That could have been opened. If I'd yeah. found, like, a cupcake, like, sitting sitting on a chair, no, I wouldn't have eaten it. If it was in a plate, on a plate, with a little sign that said, mm. for Rhea, I would have gotten off that train. <laughs> exactly. I would have been like, someone's after me. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> See, it's, a, it's, a, it's scary. Mm. But what if it was just a floating Cadbury sealed chocolate at lip level? No explanation. Where am I? Am I on the train still? You're somewhere safe. You're not in the train. Because Crab and Girl were somewhere safe. They were in their school, which is ironclad safe. No. Because for me, a school is not a safe environment. Not even Hogwarts. A school is an environment that's full of people who want you dead or harmed. Schools are wild. (laughs) (sighs) Not necessarily want you dead, but like, a school is full of a lot of people who would do a lot of things that would cause you a lot of embarrassment because they think it's funny. Because teenagers are all sociopaths. Yeah, that's true. Like, at my school there was a kid who was kind of annoying and somebody brought in, like, cookies that had been filled with laxatives and gave them to him. Yeah, I remember that. As, like, a prank. Yeah. Like, that's... They they poisoned him. Yeah. Like, that kid was poisoned at school by his friends and everyone thought it was really funny. High school's a nightmare. Don't go if you can avoid it. (laughs) Yeah, so school isn't a safe environment for me. If I found a floating cake at work where I'm surrounded by adults who I trust not to serve me something that's full of laxatives or a sedative of some kind i don't know i'm much more tempted by the floating cake at my work especially if it's at my desk so i know it's for me what about in your own home in my own home no because i live alone and once again i'm getting out of there and i'm calling the cops okay okay there's some sort of ghost in my house so you need to have the knowledge that there are people who could have made this surprise for you mm-hmm in a safe place where you trust the people around you. Yeah. If I came into okay. work and there was a cake sitting on a plate on my desk, I would be like, somebody's made a cake for me and they've left it here for me on my desk. And I would probably mm. eat that. Mm-hmm. Not immediately, because mm. I don't want to be like the weird person who ate the boss's cake because she put it down for five seconds. <laughs> but I would be like, oh, there's a cake yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> I need verbal confirmation that it's for me to have. Thank but you. Thank you. Once I get that, I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. What if you were, like, at home? Like, at our family home? Would you eat a floating cake there? Yes, because I'm safe at home. Yeah. So, like, we come out of the Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and maybe not a cake, maybe something more tantalising, more up your alley once you've just had a big meal, something to be a nightcap, is floating, <laughs> lip level, for you. Ball of ice cream. Ball of ice cream. For me, it's a little baklava, like, a few feet below, because you're taller than me. And we walk around the corner, and there's a... <laughs> a few feet... <laughs> I'm a Goliath. I tower above men. <laughs> so there's our bowl of ice cream and floating baklava, our destiny treats. You wouldn't just hump that ice cream? I still think no. Goddamn. I know I said yes, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, <laughs> this is weird. Anyone who was in the house and just wanted to give me a treat would just do it. Like, if mum had a bowl of ice cream for me, she would just be like, here's your ice cream. She wouldn't feel the need to, like, leave it hovering ominously in the air and say nothing about it. It's because it's from Saint Nick, Rio. You've got to believe in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, no. You're making it sound less appealing. Look, you can be safe in the knowledge that 
I would walk to that Destiny baklava, unblinking, face emotionless, open up my maw, gulp it straight out of thin air, and continue walking (laughs) as if nothing had ever happened. Powerful. Because maybe it's poisoned, maybe it's delicious baklava. I'll never know. (laughs) It's the ultimate pleasure, but only once. (laughs) Happy holidays, listeners. I've been Jem, and I would definitely eat a floating cake. I've been Rhea. Stay safe. Don't eat mystery food. Happy holidays, listeners. Thanks for listening to our holiday special. I hope you enjoyed it, and I especially hope that you didn't listen to this one on an empty stomach, because I recorded it on an empty stomach, and God, I wanted to strangle Jem by the end. (laughs) Before we get into our regular outro, I've just got a quick announcement. First of all, we're going to be taking a short break, a very short break. Just our next episode won't be coming out. The 1st of January episode, don't look for that one. 15th of January, that's when we're going to be back. So keep an eye out for the 15th and keep an eye on the 15th because that episode's going to be different. It's going to be something something a bit special. We've got some things in the works, some changes that we're planning for podcast nine and three quarters in 2020 and hopefully beyond. So, you know, things are exciting. It's, I won't tell you anything right now, but get excited. And with that, uh, back to our regular announcement. Thanks for listening to podcast nine and three quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at podcast nine and three quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea, and Jem is at Jem underscore Just Jem. Please feel free to send us theories or ask questions, and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was "Cakes for Crab and Goyle" by John Williams. And our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Except, no you won't, whoops, you'll hear from us again on January the 15th. (laughs) Okay, love you listeners, have a happy holidays. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.